Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome to those in the gallery, to you here in the main auditorium, and to those on Instagram. Such an amazing evening, hey? Hey, where's Tia with the worship team? Thank you so much for an amazing time of worship. And Pastor Sean, we salute you for doing the work of the kingdom in an amazing way in those kids' lives. And so just to say that we have been busy with the faith promise and we have focused on generosity over the last three weeks. And so the first Sunday, if you can remember, it was generosity in action. Last week's Sunday, we spoke about feeding of the 5,000 and it was about generosity in spirit. And tonight we are going to focus on generosity in heart. And so would you mind bowing your heads as we pray and, uh, and trust the Lord that he will minister to us through his word tonight. Father, we want to thank you that we serve such a generous God. And tonight, Lord, we want to come and we want to ask you to open up our eyes, open up our ears so that we may hear, so that we may see what it is you are wanting to say to us so that we too can be like you, Jesus, where you say, I only do what I see my father doing. And so we welcome you this evening, Holy Spirit. As we sang, come and have your way. Come and have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd like to ask you to please get out your devices or for those that have their Bibles with them. If you wouldn't mind turning to Luke 10. Luke chapter 10. If you can turn with me to Luke 10. We're going to be reading from verse 25. And so we all know, and I think what is important to note is that whenever we speak about generosity, <clears throat> excuse me, it is important to note that for us, generosity flows from the understanding that everything belongs to Jesus, everything belongs to God, and we are only but good stewards of this world we live in. Amen? We are only but stewards. Stewards to that which Jesus has entrusted in our care. Not only in our finances, but in our relationships and also our attention. And one of those stories that illustrates just that is found in Luke chapter 10. So we start from verse 25, and I think we're also familiar with the story, The Good Samaritan. You might have heard it in Sunday school. You might have heard it in this morning service. Um, but we're also familiar with this. And it reads as follows. And behold, a certain lawyer, some translations say a lawyer, but it was someone that obviously knew the law back then, an expert in the law, stood up and tested Jesus saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your strength. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered rightly. Do this and you will live. But him wanting to justify himself said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? So just a bit of context to this passage of scripture here. We have an expert in the law trying to come to Jesus and test Jesus around who his neighbor is. Interesting, um, interesting thing to note here is that Jesus often answers 
by giving a question. Have you noticed that? I think Pastor Lou even said it this morning. Often answers with a question because he's wanting you to check what's in your heart too. So he says to this expert of the law, because this expert of the law comes to Jesus trying to test him. He goes, okay, I am fulfilling the first part, but he actually wants to know who the neighbor is. And Jesus then continues to say this when we follow down into verse 30. He says this, then Jesus answered and said, a certain man down from Jerusalem went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves. He stripped, they stripped him of his clothing, wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by a chance, a certain priest came down the road and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed on on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, poured oil and wine on him, and set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn and took care of him. He also took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper and said this, take care of him and whatever more you spend, when I come, I will repay you. Beautiful. We have to understand in that time, the Jews and the Samaritans did not see eye to eye as the Jews, for the Jews, the Samaritans were enemies. And so even that Jesus would use the example of a Samaritan in the story was quite shocking for the audience. Because you would remember in, in some of the stories, it would say, what good can come from Samaria? Hey? So the Samaritan was not seen as someone that had esteem in that culture. And we have this teacher of the law then asking Jesus, who is my neighbor? And Jesus uses this illustration and parable to answer him. Interesting to note here, often when we read this passage of scripture, and it's happened to myself too, when we think of this passage of scripture, we often find ourselves referring to whether we were the priest, whether we were the temple assistant or the Levite, or whether we were the Good Samaritan. Anybody ever done that when you've heard the sermon? Raise your hands. I've done that. And sometimes I've thought I've been the priest, sometimes I've thought I've been the Levite, and sometimes I've thought I've been the Good Samaritan. But if you actually listen to the story and you look at the story, the Good Samaritan represents Jesus. The good Samaritan is Jesus. Jesus said, I only do what I see my father doing. And to give us an example of his generosity in heart, he doesn't leave us wondering what generosity in heart looks like. He gives us an amazing example. Because the very thing noted in Luke chapter 10 around the good Samaritan Jesus has done for every single one of us in this room. And that's when we're going to journey through tonight. So as we read, I want you to see yourself as the person in the pit. Where actually you the one that has journeyed on this road of life. But you have been robbed. You have been battered. You have been hurt. Because life can get so tough at times. 
the word says that the enemy, John 10 verse 10 says, God comes to give us life in abundance, but the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. And I wonder tonight, how many of you find yourselves journeying on life, in life, and that the enemies actually come and steal, kill and destroy in your spaces? I actually just want you to acknowledge that for a moment. Is there an area in your life where the enemy has come to steal, to kill and destroy? You've got it in your head? We've all had that moment. Or some of us in this room right now, whether you're watching on Instagram, have experienced that or you are experiencing that, journeying, doing your life, and all of a sudden, the enemy comes to kill, to steal and destroy. But so beautiful, Jesus is actually our good Samaritan. And I actually wanna note this, how often when we have been battered, bruised, or things have been stolen, our joy has been stolen, have we turned to things that we thought would have helped, but it actually didn't. If you look at the story of the Good Samaritan, when the traveler saw the priest, he thought, oh, this one would help me, but he didn't. When the assistant, the temple assistant or the Levite came by, the traveler that was wounded and bruised on the road thought, well, this one could help me. And he didn't. They didn't. And the person the traveler least expected was the one that actually brought the healing, the rescuing. And so often in life, the world we live in today, we can find ourselves where actually Jesus is my last option. Let me try this. Maybe this will help. Let me try that. Maybe that will help. And we put Jesus on the back. He's our final option. If these don't work, then I'll actually turn to Jesus. Not realizing that if we turn to Jesus first, we wouldn't have been disappointed by the first and second. And so it's so important just to note that. But if we look at Jesus as the Good Samaritan, the first thing we see is this. If we read the passage of Scripture again, we note that when the Good Samaritan came past, when he passed by, it says this, but a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and he saw and he had compassion. I want to tell you tonight, Jesus sees you. And I think there was a word someone shared around, Jesus sees you. The very fact, even with KB on the worship team tonight, highlighting one or two people in the audience and having a spoken word for them, Jesus sees you. But he doesn't only see you, he sees you and has compassion for where you are right now. He has compassion. And what a lovely thing when Jesus has compassion. Can I tell you why? Because last week we read, when Jesus had compassion, he fed a multitude of 5,000. But the same Jesus can have compassion on one victim, one person that has been robbed of life, robbed of joy, and is left stranded. So God is a God of the multitudes, but he's also the God of the individual. And so tonight, he has compassion on you. Wherever you find yourself, he has compassion on you. It says he saw him, so we note that, and he had compassion to, on him. And what is interesting 
is Jesus didn't only see him and have compassion on him. He went to him. <laughs> Jesus sees us where we're at. And often we think he's going, come, come. And yes, sometimes there are times when Jesus says, come, step up, come here and be with me. But there's times when Jesus enters your world. And he's done that already. 2,000 years ago, Jesus came as a baby, lived a life and died on the cross, entered our world. He still does that today. And so that's interesting to note. So this good Samaritan sees him. He has compassion on him. He went to him. The second thing we notice is he binds up his wounds. He binds up his wounds. If you go with me to Isaiah 53 verse 5, it says the following. But he was pierced for our transgression. He was crushed for our iniquities. And the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed. And so Jesus comes and heals our wounds because on the cross, he took up our very transgressions that wounded us. Number three, it says here he poured. So first of all, he saw him. He had compassion. Second thing he did was he, bound, he binded up his wounds, bound up his wounds. And the third thing he did was he poured oil and wine on him. What does that represent? He poured oil and wine on him. In 2 Corinthians 12, verse, um, six, sorry, 2 Corinthians 1 verse 21, it says, Now it is God who makes us and you stand firm in Christ. He anoints us. He anoints our heads with oil. There's a scripture that says we come and we trade our ashes for his beauty. We come and we trade our sorrow for his oil of joy. And so yeah, this traveler is battered, bruised, wounded. Things are stolen from him. But Jesus comes, sees him, binds up his wounds. And not only that, he comes and he pours out oil. He comes and he pours out oil. He pours out oil and wine on this guy's wounds. And he sets him on his own animal. It could have ended there. He could have gone, I've bound up your wounds. I've seen you. Are you good to go? You're welcome to go. And interesting to note, I must just say this point. Back then, this road that was traveled on from um, Jericho, people knew that people got mugged there. And so one could easily have gone, oh, but it's that guy's fault. Why did he, why did he walk down that road? Huh? <laughs> Not so with Jesus. Says he had compassion. Doesn't go, oh, he should have known. He had compassion. And he still assisted the young man. Well, we don't know if he was young, but he assisted the man. The next thing he did was he picked up this traveler and he put the traveler on his beast, animal. We go, wait a minute, you don't know who this guy is. He's traveling. You've done more than enough. No, not so with Jesus. <laughs> he picks him up and he puts him on his animal. And if we turn to Ephesians 2 verse 6, it says this. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms. Seated in heavenly places. There's a difference from being down here and being up here. You see the world from a whole different perspective. And so what is interesting here is the Lord doesn't just leave, the Good Samaritan doesn't just leave the traveler 
on the ground. He picks him up and seats him on a whole different space, seated with him, the, the Good Samaritan, on his animal to travel. And doesn't Jesus do that with us? When we come to the faith, we no longer see the world. Mamiela preached, I think, a month ago in the minor auditorium or so. And he spoke, remember, Mamiela, you had the ladder um, about seeing things from a different perspective. And that's what Jesus does for us. When we enter into the kingdom of God, we no longer see the world from our perspective of our plane. Jesus seats us in heavenly places with where he is. And we see the world from a different place so that we can respond from a different space. No longer the way the world does, but the way our father does. Because what does Jesus say? I only do what I see my father doing. And so interesting to note here, he sets um, the traveler on his beast. Doesn't end there. <laughs> if that were not enough in terms of generosity, Jesus shows us even more in the story. He takes the traveler to an inn. He takes the traveler to an inn. And if you were to read with me in Isaiah 32 verse 1 and 2, it says the following. See, a king will rule in righteousness and rulers will rule with justice. Each one will be like a shelter from the wind and a refuge from the storm, like streams of water in the desert and the shadow of a great rock in a thirsty land. I wonder how many of you have self, sometimes felt that you just need a safe place, a place that would shelter you from the very difficult things of life. Jesus is that place tonight. I do want to say that tonight. He is that place for you. He's a safe place. And not only is he a safe place, but he has also gone when he ascended. He said, I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. So he's a safe place for us now. And he will be a safe place for us then, which is so wonderful. The sixth point that I want to mention is he took care of this traveler. I've just bound up his wounds. I've seen him. I've bound up his wounds. I've picked him up, put him on my animal. I've taken him to an inn. But not just that. He cared for him. He cared for him. Now, I wonder how many of you tonight have experienced the care of Jesus. We've all had those stories where life has just been so tough and difficult, but Jesus has come and shown you care. First Peter 5 or 7 says, cast your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Our precious Jesus. <laughs> and so now you're probably going, yo, that's a lot that he's already done. It doesn't end there. <laughs> it gets better. He says to the innkeeper, I'm leaving two denarii here for him. And whatever else you use on account of him, put it on my account. When I come back, I will pay it. So he left him supplies. In Philippians 4 verse 19, it says the following. And my God will meet all your needs according to your riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. It's amazing, hey? Jesus does far more above than what we could think and imagine. See, generosity is not just finances. And we praise God that God gives us the finances to contribute towards amazing work and initiatives being done. But generosity can be expressed through our relationships, our time, attention. 
if you just look at the story and note the different things, at the end of the story, there was a contribution financially. But throughout the whole story, there was different elements at play. There was a, I see you. There was a, I'm healing your wounds. There's a lifting up. There's a giving of a joy. That too is generosity. And so when we talk about generosity of heart, I wonder what the Lord is emphasizing to you tonight in terms of your own generosity and how he's been generous to you and how you can in turn be generous towards those around you. See, it is very difficult to offer generosity if we don't have a framework of what that really means. Until we realize that the Good Samaritan was Christ and what, he done for, and what he's done for me, I'll find it very difficult to do that for another. Very difficult. Because then we go, oh, I'll just do this and then I can walk away. It doesn't cost me anything and it's okay. But generosity goes the extra mile. It really does. It's about helping others to be able to experience Jesus in this life. I love what Spurgeon says, the theologian. And I love he said this, let it never be forgotten that what the Lord demands of us, the gospel produces in us. And so when Jesus came, he was giving us a beautiful example of what it really means to live out kingdom generosity. I want to ask you this question tonight. If Jesus were living your life right now, what would that look like? If Jesus was you right now, living your life right now, what would that look like? in terms of time, in terms of relationship, and being generous. What would that look like? I'd like to ask the worship team to come up on stage to do that final song for me. Christ be all around me. Thanks, dear. And I want to end off with this. If we don't know the Lord it's very difficult to, do, to, to say what he said, to do what I see my father doing. It is by personal encounters and changed hearts that we are able to show everyone around us the kingdom. And so I know you're probably sitting there this evening and you've got one or two stories where the Lord's been very good to you where he's helped you or rescued you from very difficult things. And I might be talking to people now that are facing very difficult things, and I understand that. But I want us to do in the song that plays now, Christ be all around us, and I think we, we heard it playing just before we went into a time of offering. I want you to ask the Lord this as we sing it. I want you to first acknowledge that he is your good Samaritan. If you have not done that yet and acknowledge that he is your good Samaritan. There's an opportunity here tonight to be able to say, Jesus, I recognize that actually you are my good Samaritan. I've turned to things that I thought would assist me, but haven't. And then wherever you are, I'm going to pray a prayer and you're welcome to turn to the Lord and then for the rest of us that have acknowledged, if there's those of you that have acknowledged, yeah, Jesus, you are my good Samaritan. But actually, I haven't 
done what you've done for me for others, then tonight I want to invite you in and show me what that looks like. Not just money, but relationships. Um, there's a scripture that says, he has anointed me to bind up the brokenhearted, to heal wounds, those types of things. Lord, what is it that you want me to do in this coming week to represent and express your generosity? And so I'm going to pray a prayer. And then we're going to get into that song. And I actually really want you to invite the Lord to, to speak to you and to minister to you. We're going to pray for those that want to acknowledge that actually Jesus is the Good Samaritan. And then to trust him to show us how we can be generous in any of these areas in the coming week. So Jesus, we want to come. And Lord, we can't do any of this without you. And how often we think we are the superheroes of the story where we think we are the, the good Samaritan because we've helped someone. But actually tonight we acknowledge, Lord, that you are the good Samaritan and that we have been found in a pit, robbed on this journey of life from joy, left for half dead. I thank you that in you we have life. And tonight, Lord, we want to come. And for those of us in this space where we have not yet acknowledged that you are the Good Samaritan, Lord, we want to come and go, God, we've turned to so many things, but you actually are the Good Samaritan. You give life and life in abundance. And tonight we choose you. We turn to you. We know you see us. You know us. You care for us. And we want to respond to that. And for those of us, Lord, that are in this place where we've experienced your goodness and generosity, but have left it at that, we want to invite you by your spirit tonight to show us what generosity of heart looks like through our lives having experienced it and now showing it to the world around us. And so we invite you now, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, will you speak? Will you minister? So that we too can be generous of heart. In Jesus' name. Let's worship the Lord together as we end. <laughs>